Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. This is episode 51 of the Student Ministry Podcast, and I'm your host, Steve Cullum. Thanks so much for tuning in. And if you are new to the Student Ministry Podcast, let me be the first to welcome you here. And thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you that have been back uh, maybe since the beginning, or maybe you've been listening for for quite a while now, thanks for tuning in once again. And uh, right from the beginning, I want to remind you, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. And if you haven't shared this with someone else, please do that as well. Uh, it just helps us to get the word out about this podcast. And uh, just, I want to thank you guys so much for uh, for bearing with me on the last episode as well. I knew it was a little different honoring my uh, my deceased uh, youth pastor Tim Yules, um, but I just really wanted to do that. And if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to episode fifty, and uh, that'd be be awesome. But today we have another conversation with another amazing youth worker. We're going to be talking with Marty Estes. Marty is the uh, Director of Children's and Youth Ministries at Sand Ridge Baptist Church in Lexington, Tennessee. And he also hosts a couple different podcasts, but one in particular that we wanted to uh, highlight today is the Youth Worker's Guide to Video Games podcast on the Download Youth Ministry Podcast Network. We're going to be talking a lot about Marty's ministry and all about how he incorporates video games in his ministry, but on a larger scale, how he really connects with the students in his ministry beyond just teaching them the Bible, but how he can really connect with them. So we're going to be talking all about that today. But before we get into that, let's thank our sponsor for this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast, and that's G-Shades Student Curriculum. G-Shades is a curriculum and teaching strategy that focuses on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. That's G-Shades' gospel shades. A lot of us in youth ministry uh, do some things unintentionally. We sometimes only talk about the gospel when we're giving an altar call or we teach students to uh, do as Jesus did, but sometimes we forget to help them to see as Jesus sees. And sometimes we give students a fractured picture of the faith by teaching biblical principles and practices, but sometimes we forget to tie them down to their gospel foundation. So in an effort to try something different, G-Shades is a curriculum designed to help you produce confident, gospel-focused students who are able to use their gospel lens to navigate the complexities of modern culture. We're in youth ministry professionally, and so when it comes to the gospel, most of us naturally model it to our students. But G-Shades' goal is to help youth pastors teach it to their students. Each series is complete with a message manuscript, a small group leader guide, parent guides, Instagram devotionals, games, graphic slides, and and even bumper videos. There's so much packed into this. You can download your free week of G-Shades student curriculum at gshades.org. And when you do place your order, be sure to use the promo code STUMINPOD, that's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D, and you can receive 5% off your order. And we thank G-Shades Student Curriculum for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. 
All right, now it's time to sit back and enjoy this conversation with Marty Estes. Marty has so much wisdom to share today from his years of youth ministry and children's ministry, and uh, I'm so excited for you to hear. And like I said, he does a lot with video games, and so maybe you have uh, you know had some questions about how to incorporate video games, and is is it something you should do or shouldn't do, and and all those different things. So he's going to talk a lot about connecting with students today uh, using video games but other ways to connect with students today too. And I hope you really enjoy it. All right. Thanks so much for uh, joining us, Marty. Hey, you're welcome. I am just stoked to be here. Yeah. So, uh, so as, as usual here on the podcast, I love to uh, just start off with talking about your story and uh, and getting to know you and, and what God's been doing in your life. I've had the uh, the privilege of getting to know you probably like the last few months. Uh, we've met up at the NYWC. I think was the first time we'd actually ever uh, yeah. seen each other, you know, in person. But we've chatted online and everything. And yeah, so glad to have you here today. But but yeah, tell our podcast audience uh, a little about your story, um, how you got to know Christ, and how you got into ministry. Okay. Uh, so I started going to church uh, when I was about six, I guess. Uh, I, and the way it was, the way it happened was my dad uh, came upstairs on a, or came to my me on a Saturday night and he's like, we're going to get up in the morning, we're going to get dressed up and we're going to go to church. <laughs> and I said, uh, what's church? <laughs> I had no clue. I had no concept. We didn't, we had never been before. I mean, it was a building that you drove by, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know what you did there. And so from about the time that I was six until about the time I was 12, I was in church Sunday morning only, you know, maybe would go to a couple of days of EBS until I got bored and wanted to just go home and play (laughs) Nintendo. Go figure, right? (laughs) Uh, And uh, so that was, uh, where it started, First Baptist Church of Dixon, Tennessee, uh, was was where that started. Um, and when I was growing up, uh, around fifth grade, I really started getting bullied by a lot of kids, mm. um, particularly a kid that had previously been a really good friend of mine. Mm. Uh, and in fifth grade, and I and this this is going to sound like you know such a crazy story when i say this but he literally got my entire fifth grade class to to turn uh, their back on me like to do no like they would not talk to me they would not include me when we were playing on the playground and this was before the days where like you know nowadays it's like oh anti-bullying but you know yeah. you can't bully anybody back then the teachers were just like you go figure it out wow yeah and and it was like even my teacher one day got in on it and it shattered like any self-esteem that I had. Um, And so by the time I was 12, that had spilled over to church as well. And like once I just remember that like the day that it was done, like the day we quit going to church, uh, we got to Sunday school that morning and these kids, we had this like in this big old two story cinder, you know, like brick, block building Mm -hmm. and it had these old windows that were weird like different colors like Mm. pink and green and and stuff i guess it was supposed to look churchy or something in the education (laughs) part uh and it would like they had a uh this old lever on them and you turn it and they would open inward like they would like tilt inward and I like I had gone to the bathroom and i came back and i couldn't find my bible and they had taken and they had thrown my bible out the window into the bushes below. 
And so I went and got it. They're laughing at me. I'm, you know, and like our teacher's like this 80-year-old man mm. who has no control. And he, you know, basically just says, go get your Bible. We'll, I'll deal with him. Nothing happens. I come home. I tell my mom and dad, I, I'm done. Mm. I don't want to go to church. I don't. I, I if the, And I, I distinctly remember the, 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 the line that I said. The, what I told them was, is this is how I'm treated at school. These are people who are supposed to love Jesus and love me. Mm. And so I'm, I don't want to be a part of it anymore because it's hypocritical. Mm. It's, it, they're not doing what they're supposed to do. So five years pass. Right? I go into junior high. I go into high school. I start making some friends. I start, you know, like one or two people that I hung out with and uh, got really interested in drama, got really interested in, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, this sounds weird every time I say it, the forensics program. Yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not examining dead bodies. Right. Okay. Yeah. I promise. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like speech and drama and theater. And I got really involved in that. And through that, I met this guy named Jay. And Jay was unlike anybody that I'd ever known. Jay was, uh, he, he loved BMX. He worked on his, his car. Uh, he listened to punk music. <laughs> and he loved Jesus. And he would not shut up about Jesus. Like, it was constantly like, are you going to, you know, what do you believe? Oh, I don't really believe anything. I don't really, you know, like, is it, you think there's a God? Yeah, there's a God. You know, I pray when I need something. Because, uh, and, I, and I would call myself around that time like a functional agnostic. Hmm. Like, I believed that there was something there, but I didn't really believe. I, like, I had had, at eight years old, I'd had a baptism experience, which hmm. was basically, uh, hey, I want to be like that cool guy. In my Sunday school class, I want to be baptized just like he was. I don't know why my pastor allowed that to happen. I don't know how. Like, I guess I just had memorized the right things to say or whatever. Did nothing. It was basically just swimming at church. Um, you know, my mom's over there in tears, and I'm like, hey, this is really cool. It's warm in here. Uh, so, Wait, you had a warm baptism? Mine was cold. Yeah, you know, it, was, it, was in the, it was inside. It was heated. Oh, it was nice. That's lucky. It's like a jacuzzi. Yeah. Um, so, I had had this experience, but it hadn't really meant anything to me. By this time, I'm 17 years old. And Jay, like, we're on these trips to go to different schools in and around Middle and West Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And we are going and doing these drama competitions, and Jay is there. And every time he is there, he and this other guy are on me all the time. Hey, I see you got a cross necklace. Why do you wear that? I don't know. Just leave me alone, right? Just, just leave me alone. And finally, we're we're sitting in this area right in front of the offices uh, for the school, waiting on my mom to come pick me up. And Jay walks up, and he's like, "Hey, will you come to church with me tomorrow night? I think you'll really, really enjoy it." And I was like, "Here's the deal. I'm so tired of you talking about this." <laughs> Will you please, if I come to church with you, will you please just shut up about it? <laughs> Never mention it again. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's it's like now I get it. Like I understand those God-sized risks. Yeah. Right? He goes, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Takes take one of those God-sized risks. Yeah, sure. And I said, fine. That's fine. What time does it start? 630. Where is it? He says, do you know First Baptist Dixon? And I said, yeah. 
He said, that's where I go to church. <laughs> You're still coming tonight, right? He has no clue about my history yeah. with the church. He has no clue. I was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so I go. And from the minute I walk in the door, like I, I felt something. Mm. Like I, di I didn't know how to put a finger on it at that point, but it was like, I, I remembered walking through those doors as a kid. I remember, and I was so conflicted. Like I was conflicted with that, that old hurt yeah. and, and also what was going on at that moment. And so I started going and I, I, that was the first night. And from there, I just started going. I started going on Wednesday nights and which then became, Hey, if you're coming on Wednesday night, why don't you try Sunday morning? Okay. So I tried Sunday morning and then it eventually became, um, hey, these guys that are uh, singing in the praise band, I want to work. I want to do that. Well, if you want to do that, you have to come on Sunday nights. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can do that. So it and, and before I know it, I'm signing up for camp <laughs> and going to camp that summer, which was the summer of 1997. I'm an old guy. Get over it. Uh, summer of 1997, I go to student life camp at uh, Covenant College in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Mm -hmm. uh, the speaker that week uh, was Dave Edwards. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dave Edwards. He's he's pretty old by now. Yeah. Um, Dave Edwards was speaking. Uh, John Michael Clement leading worship. Uh, and on Tuesday night, it was June 23rd. I can tell you, I, mm -hmm. I, I just, like, he preached about people living a fake life hmm. and needing to come clean in front of Jesus and be saved. And I was like, dude, I hate you. <laughs> I was interested in this girl. I was trying to sit by her. I was trying to hang out with her. And everything, I mean, it was like he was shooting arrows off the stage and they were just hitting me in the heart. And it, you know, he does the altar call. He does the, you know, bow your head, look mm -hmm. up here. If you, if I've talked to you tonight, if you know you need Jesus, and I'm looking up. And I'm already just yeah. bawling. And long story short, I go outside, talk to one of our youth workers. He leads me to Christ. Mm. Basically, it's not really a leading me to Christ so much as it is, you know. The commitment you need to make. Mm -hmm. You you've been in church. You've been hearing this. You've made a commitment previously, and I was like, "Yeah, but that one didn't count. <laughs> that was not real." <laughs> yeah, I want to make it real. So I pray I receive Christ. Spend the next like five hours, basically being that kid who walks around and says to every person at camp from our church, "I'm so sorry that I've lied to you." Mm. Because I told you I was a Christian. I told you that I was following Jesus. I wasn't. Mm. But I am tonight. So that started it. And from there, I was going to go, like I was going into my senior year of, of high school. The plan was, uh, I want to teach. I want to be a teacher. Uh -huh. I'm going to teach English. I love words. I love grammar. I love all that stuff. Uh, writing, all that. Mm -hmm. So I was going to teach. And... Just over that next year, as I, and I mean, like, I dove in feet first, like, mm -hmm. just completely immersed myself in the church and in learning God's word, all that stuff. I can't always say that I've been like that, but in this period of my life, I'm I'm all in. Yeah. And, like, God's beginning to do a work in my heart, and we're getting closer to going to... um 
going to college and I planned to go to Belmont, which is in Nashville, mm-hmm. uh, live with my parents, get my teaching degree and like come back to Dixon and be a teacher. And there's this inkling that begins at the back of my mind. No, you're not going to do that. You're, <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to be that teacher. Right. Uh, okay. Well, well, what is it? And so about that time is when my youth pastor, uh, pulled me aside and he's like, Hey, um, so this is going to be kind of weird, but let me just go ahead and spit it out. Um, have you ever thought about God having a call in your life? And I'm like, well, it's a call. Like, you know, what, what are you talking about? And he's like, I see leadership potential in you. And I see that the Lord could use you in a mighty way uh, as a full-time minister. Uh, and I'd like to start meeting with you and a few other guys on Monday afternoons in my office. I'll have some drinks, we'll have some snacks, and we'll just talk about what it means to lead, what it means to be a man of God, what it means to surrender your life to God's call. Mm -hmm. You want to do that? And I was like, yeah, I'm in. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, Because, like, part of me was like, I am now in the inner circle, (laughs) right? Like, I am now one of the one of the three disciples close to Jesus. I'm John, right? I'm John. Yeah. I am the disciple that Todd loves. That was my my youth pastor's name was Todd. Um, and so we begin to meet and we begin talking. Like some Mondays, it's just us reading scripture, and some Mondays it's us praying together. Some Mondays it's, hey, come on, we're going to go clean the bus. And what Todd did in those Mondays is he mentored me. Mm. I didn't know that at that time, but he was mentoring me, and he was passing down uh, a blessing. And and he is one of those big reasons that I believe that we that that it's important for us as youth pastors to speak truth into into young men and young women, to yeah. speak reality into them, and to say, "I see God moving mm-hmm. in your life," or "I see God wanting to use you for big things." It's important that we do that, mm-hmm. especially as we see less and less young men surrender ministry yep. right yeah uh, and, and others and young women surrender to ministry it's it's much it's so important that they have that adult who believes in them yeah who is called by God to speak that truth into them yeah uh, and Todd was that for me and I'm, and I'm so grateful that he did because one night I'm at home and I'm just like there like I've been spiritually dry and I have not been feeling the Lord's presence and I'm like I'm desperate and and so I just like in the, like my parents are asleep. I'm upstairs and I'm just like on my knees by my bed crying, crying out, God, whatever you want to do with me, do it. Mm. I'm I'm in. I'm done. I surrender. If I all I'm doing this because I don't know that there's any other way that I can be reconnected with your presence. I feel like I'm being disobedient mm. here. And and so that's me at 18 years old. Yeah. And the next step then is to go and tell my parents what I've done. Mm-hmm. And they freak out. Oh. They were like, oh, no, you can't. You, how are you going to? The first question, right? How are you going to make a living? <laughs> yeah. How are you going yeah. to ever provide for yourself? And and I'm like, well, the plan was for me to come and live in your basement. So why are you concerned? <laughs> You know, like, but anyway, so, so we, we worked through that and in the middle of that summer, two, two really important things happened. Um, the number one, I surrendered to the ministry publicly. I, mm-hmm. I, I made my call to ministry public, uh, in front of the church. 
Uh, and the second thing was is I visited Union University for the first time. Hmm. Union University is a is a, a Bible college or Christian college in in Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, my music pastor went there, hmm. and he just wanted to take people there to show it off. And so um, it's one of those situations. I, I we rolled up on the campus. Here's a van load of about six of us, and I, I open the door and I step off. And as soon as my foot touches the ground, God says, "Here." Yeah. And I was like, that ain't going to work. <laughs> that is not going to work. Because here's the thing. Here's what the crazy part about it. That was June. School starts in August. Yeah. Or maybe it was maybe it was May. I don't know. I had like two or three still months. Still a couple months. Yeah. Like, no, God, I can't come here. And he's like, yes, you can. I'll make a way. So three months later, uh, after a lot of begging and pleading, because we had already like paid money to Belmont and all this stuff, like yeah. two hundred dollar fee, uh, my parents give in and they're like, "Okay, if this is where you feel like God's leading you, great." But you're going as an English major. <laughs> I was like, "Yep, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go teach English. I'm gonna do <laughs> ministry on the side. I'm gonna be a youth pastor part time." Because I knew it was a call to youth. Yeah. Because it was like I'd always had this burden for. The kid on the fringe, mm. right? The kid who did not feel included. The yeah. kid, because I was that, that kid. That was you, yeah. I was the kid, and the and, and ironically, the people that I ended up hanging out with when I went to church, they were those kids. Mm. They were the like geeky kids who were eating the Bible for breakfast and playing music on the praise band and uh, always at church and all kinds of stuff like that. That's the, that's who I hung out with. So these these like I didn't realize at the time that they were core kids, mm -hmm. but. The, they, they are. Yeah. But they were the nerdy kids. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm in the fringe. But that, too, I have a heart for. Mm -hmm. Even to this day, it's like, how do we bring you from out here? How do we bring you in? Yeah. Right? So um, go to Union. Do my first semester. And it was just very clear after that first semester. Okay, Marty, uh, this, is, this is where I want you. But you're still not doing what you're supposed to. Mm. So swap your major. Because I had a major in English, which a dual major, English and education, uh -huh. and minor in student in Christian studies. And he's like, No, you need to swap your major. And mm. I was like, No, I'm not I'm not gonna do that. So we battled about that mm. for another semester, right? And going home that first year, um, like going home for summer, uh, that's when the that's when it came up. Hey, mm. I, I got to go back and I got to change my major. Well, you're not going to make any money. Mm. We're well, not going to do this. I'm like, I, well, and at that time, at that time, I was like, Dad, I was going to be a teacher. I wasn't going to make any money anyway. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I, so like that, I, and, I, and I told him, I said, you know, I don't care if I'm living in a one room shack. If I'm doing what God wants me to do, He will provide for me. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, that, and, and so I go back, I switch my major, I finish out at Union. Uh, I graduated from Union in 2002. And within two weeks, I started my first full-time ministry position. I graduated from college and I got married. <laughs> that's a lot of life changes so, at the same time. <laughs> so, so I know that that's kind of like a big jump forward. So while I'm at Union, my freshman year, I meet my wife. Her name is Erin. Uh, and... Uh, this is going to be a throwback for some people. There may be people who listen to your show and they're going to go, who? Um, <laughs> Probably. <laughs> what, what caught my attention about her the very first time is she walked in. She has a purple 
Jansport backpack, and it has a Super Tones patch on nice. it. Nice. <laughs> All right, you, you know where I'm going? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, Super Tones? I thought I was the only one who liked the Super Tones. And so I proceeded to creepily stare at her for the next three months because I thought if I can just catch her eye, I can be like, what's up? Super Tones patch. And it's a match made in heaven, right? right. But here's the she thought that I and the guy who sat in front of me in biology class were the biggest dorks who had ever lived. <laughs> Long story short, we end up getting set up by a mutual friend on a blind date three years later, or two years later, where she epically rejects me. Oh, no. <laughs> because she likes the guy who set me up with her. But he's on the other end of the row as we're watching a movie, holding hands and eating popcorn with another girl, breaking <laughs> my current wife's heart. Oh, gosh. Right? So, like, there's this part in the movie where I'm, she is crying, and I look over, and I'm like, you okay? And I'd already asked her that once, but I'm, I, I look over, and I'm like, are you sure you're okay? And she's like, don't talk to me. <laughs> I was like, all right. Like, I can tell this is a terrible blind date. Yeah. Turns out he never told her it was a blind date with me. <laughs> he just told her to show up. Yeah, he said, mm. Anyway. Long story short, a year later, I'm, uh, I had formed a band in my senior year of high school, and we had kind of that like that year and after and going through college, we had stuck together. We were playing music together, and we came to Jackson, um, but like right in the summer between my junior and senior year of college to play a show at a coffee shop, and she saw our poster, saw my picture. She says, hey, I know that guy. She was coming off a really terrible relationship, a lot of hurt, and she shows up with her three friends to this coffee shop, and every show that we played since then, she came to. Hmm. So she kind of became, you know, she's following me around. So after about a month or two, you know, I'm kind of getting the hint, like, that's in, like, late May uh, or middle of May. Mm Mm-hmm. By, by by the end of June, I'm kind of getting a hint here. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I asked one of her friends, I was like, so is she dating anybody? And, and you know, the big whole complicated story comes out. She starts calling me on the phone for computer help. <laughs> and uh, on July 4th of 2001, uh, we have our first date, which mm-hmm. is to a family barbecue where I meet everyone, <laughs> including her, her whole family, all their family friends. And by the end of the day, we're a couple. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. Um, that was on that was on July fourth. Our original first meeting was on June eighth of two thousand one. That's when she came to the show. Mm. One year later, on June eighth, two thousand two, we get married. Nice. And so, graduate college, get married, move to a two thousand person town to start my very first ministry position, which is a full time position. Children and Youth at First Baptist Church, Adamsville, Tennessee, uh, where we were there for 10 years. Mm. Uh, Our kids were born while we were in Adamsville. Uh, We did some really crazy stuff there, um, some stuff that probably should have gotten me fired. (laughs) Uh, But we had, um, we went to Canada on mission trip. We went to Romania on mission trip. Uh, we went, uh, we did, we did tons of missions. We did like, we saw students growing. We saw them mm. challenged. We had 13 students out of that student ministry surrendered to the ministry Wow! in those 10 years. 
Uh, one of them now is church planning in uh, San Diego. One of them has been a missionary in Thailand. One of them has been a missionary in Romania. Um, others are serving churches. One of them is a music minister in Georgia. It's crazy to, to wow. look back at what God did, not yeah. me, yeah. what God did in that time um, of me being a 22-year-old kid, right, mm-hmm. and going through some very formative years. They took a huge chance on me, yeah. um, and God did some really cool stuff, and he's doing some really cool stuff in that church today. I'm really excited for, for what's going on there. Uh, seven years ago, got the call to come here to Sandridge Baptist Church, where I currently serve. Hmm. Been here since 2012 um, as youth and children's pastor, mainly more youth than hmm. I am children. Um, but um, we just finished a brand new sanctuary and uh, have moved into it, which was one of the hardest years of ministry yeah. uh, of my life. If you're counting, by the way, that's 17 years of full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm working on 18. It'll be 18 in June of this year. Nice. Um, so uh, in the midst of that, though, uh, 2010, to rewind when I was 30, um, went, once when we went to Romania, about a month later or so after coming back, uh, I passed out at home on mm. my son's bed. And he, um, we watch wrestling. We're uh-huh. wrestling fans. And yeah. so he thought I was setting him up for the Randy Savage elbow drop, uh-huh. right? So he gets off the bed and elbow drops me. And when he does... I popped back and I, like, I literally believe he brought me back to life because what happened in that moment was I had severe, severe blood clots, in my right lung Oh wow! that had cut all the blood flow. It's called a pulmonary embolism. It, it cut off all the blood flow to my right lung. And so I went to the hospital. They thought I was having a heart attack, uh, hooked me up to EKG and all that stuff. And it's, you know, my heart, your heart's in distress Arts in distress, so they send me on to the big hospital in Jackson. Uh, I get there, they're doing all these tests, they run the dye, they put me through the machine, you know, the CAT scan or mm-hmm. CT scan, all that stuff. They're doing an ultrasound on my legs uh, with basically what you your you know your wife gets when she's pregnant, you yeah. know, you know, doing that. And they call and they're like, "You got to quit right now. You got to bring him back to the ER." So they're wheeling me back there, and the doctor walks in as soon as I get there, and he's like, you've got blood clots in your lungs. Don't move or you'll die. Wow. And so my mom is there, and Aaron's there. Aaron has a breakdown. My mom is running down the hall because he just turns around and walks out. She's yelling him, you can't do that. You can't tell that. You can't tell something like that and walk away. And he comes back, and he, he, he stops, and he says, I'm trying to go schedule your son an appointment with a radiologist because we've got to take and and run a tube through his neck down through his heart over into his lung and drip medicine in there to break those clots up or he could possibly die. He can't move because if one of them breaks off and goes to his heart, his heart will explode or if it bypasses his heart, it will go to his brain and he'll have an aneurysm and die. Wow. And so we've got to move. And so... I was in the hospital for seven days, mm. had this line in my neck. I had to sit like this the entire seven days. It uh-huh. was the most miserable I've ever been in my life. Arms black and blue from getting blood drawn every like four hours yeah. or six hours. Um, they're pumping, you know, all this stuff into me to thin my blood out, all mm-hmm. this stuff. Finally, they come back and they're like, you know, they go in there and they look. There's no clots. You're free to go. 
um, about day four, the doctor walks in, the pulmonologist walks in, and she's talking to my wife, and I was asleep, and I woke up, and this is what she tells my wife. She said, you know, she said the survival rate for pulmonary embolism is 5%. Wow. 5% of people who get this survive. That's amazing. And y'all, like... I know that I already knew that God had a purpose for my life. Yeah. It's like that moment where it was like, I'm not finished with you oh. yet. And so that has colored my story. I'm sure. Yeah. And has like, I mean, every year it's August 10th. It's mm. that day. It's the day that I passed out and scared my kids and my wife to death. Mm. And, you know, thank I, every year I take like that day and I'm just like, praise God, you know, praise you. I'm still here. Thank you for giving me chance after chance after chance. Yeah. Um, and so that's what's led me to here, to today. And now uh, I get the opportunity uh, to do, I'm on two podcasts. Mm-hmm. I do uh, Nintendo Dads, which is just a fun non-church related podcast I do with uh, about five other guys um, as a main cast, we just kind of rotate through where we talk about everything Nintendo. Cool. Um, I've been doing that for about three years. And from there, uh, I, I didn't start it. They just kind of, I found them through another show I was doing. And that, when that show ended, they brought me in. Hmm. Uh, from there, I was approached by Download Youth Ministry about um, about a year, a year and a, half, a quarter ago. Uh, they were looking to start a, a show for about video gaming mm-hmm. for youth workers. And Ronald Long, who does the Talking Squirrels podcast, yep. and it's on um, uh, sometimes morning after ministry, he's yep. on there. So, uh, he said, I know a guy. I know a guy that would be a perfect fit for this. So they contacted me, and now I do the Youth Workers Guide to Video Games over on the Download Youth Ministry Network. I, I say I do it, I mean, like, occasionally. I do it. I'm <laughs> okay. Y'all, if you're listening to this show and you listen to that show, too, <laughs> I'm sorry. This considers my formal apology for, like, skipping the entire month of February. <laughs> oh, my God. But, like, we opened our building mm-hmm. at the end of, of January, and I just needed a buffer month of, yep. like, coming down from that. Yeah. And, and it's really just an excuse that I'm lazy. <laughs> like, well, sometimes right. you, sometimes you need that story. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. For sure. Yeah. I, I actually thought uh, over the years, I think this is like the, I, I'm pretty sure if I count right, I think this is the fourth year or I'm starting the fifth year of doing this podcast. And, uh, and there's quite a few times that I'm like, maybe I should do seasons. Some people do seasons of, of the podcast yeah. and that, that way I can naturally put a, you know, a month or two break in there every time. And, and then I don't have to just call myself lazy. I know I scheduled that in. That's how it goes. <laughs> well, the idea of the show is it's supposed to be like a biweekly thing, mm-hmm. you know, and just be like about 30 minutes. But yep. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I usually try to do it on like Friday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. And by the time I'm, by the time I'm there, like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't do <laughs> Yeah. One more thing. It's, it, it's, I'm just terrible. I'm a terrible host. That's what it, um, no. But no, like there, there's, there's like episode ideas in my notes app on yeah. my phone. They're yeah. just sitting there and now they're all irrelevant. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, that'd be a great show idea. Oh, well, everybody already knows about yeah, that. That's <laughs> So, yeah. That's right. 
Yeah. So, so yeah, let's, let's talk about your ministry just a bit, um, what it looks like now. And, and yeah, I'd love to like, um, because I know you're, you're clearly into the video games and stuff like that. And I think, um, that's probably played a, a big role in how you, and, and to the students that you feel naturally connected with and everything too. So yeah. I'd love to hear, yeah, what's your ministry look like, the structure you guys, um, have, uh, there at your church, but also how, how do you incorporate video games into your ministry? and how does that all connect together? Okay. So we are um, uh, a halfway traditional uh, Southern Baptist church okay. here. So uh, if you're familiar with that, you know what kind of structure you're going to get. We do Sunday mornings. We do sun. We still do Sunday nights. Hmm. Uh, we still do. We do Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights are our are, are Sunday mornings. Uh, that's our big night for mm-hmm. programming. So uh, on on Sunday nights, being responsible or Wednesday nights being responsible for both children and youth. Mm-hmm. Um, we now are in a place, and I've always kind of have been here where someone else kind of took care of that. Uh, so I'm in charge of curriculum for for Wednesday nights for kids. I'm in charge of kind of like determining classes and figuring out what that is for Sunday for Wednesday nights for students. I teach, okay, uh, and we also do small groups, but um, we do everything in an hour and fifteen minutes. Wow. Yeah, uh, it's it's a sore spot, but mm. we do everything in an hour and 15 minutes because we have to. Um, everything else gets an hour, mm. uh, and they really want me to fit in that time, but I can't if we want to do small groups. So yep. we start um, – we had been starting at 6.15, and everyone else had been starting at 6.30, but now everyone's moved back to 6.15, and we just end later, mm. which – is good and bad. I mean, my pastor supports it. He's like, yeah, go for it. Small groups, we're all in. Uh, but uh, parents uh, sometimes don't like that. Yeah. Because they're like, <laughs> ready to go home. Give my kid back. Uh, yeah. Give me, yeah. So, like, we have a small group that frequently runs until 945. And I'm just like at the door going, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. They're, they're coming. I promise. They're, you know, it's they're girls. They're talking. They're praying. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. So, um, we run about uh, anywhere from 50 to 60 kids on a, on a Wednesday night. So we've got eight small groups that take care of that. Uh, each of those is staffed by an adult. A lot of those also uh, teach Sunday school on Sunday mornings. Okay. So um, there is some difference there. We've, we lost like a couple of male leaders this year, and that's okay. They needed to rotate out and take a break. One of them was like, my daughter, both of my daughters are in here, and they never do anything without me. I need them to have mm. nine parent time yeah i'm like i I got that i'm cool uh with that so we've got eight small groups they meet for around 20 to 15 to 20 minutes okay uh so a typical wednesday night looks like countdown into worship directly into video driven announcements that one of our students does which are like i just let her run with it and it's awesome and we go straight into a game the game goes straight into a lesson we go straight into small groups so it's it's literally like um, like a, a, a horse on fire running downhill <laughs> at, at, as soon as the countdown stops. Yeah. It's like the we there is no pause, there's no stop, there's no catching your breath. Boom. Yeah. And so that's that's for our Wednesday night. Sunday mornings is just traditional Bible study. Um once a month we do a birthday breakfast to celebrate our, our students that are okay. having birthdays that month. We they all bring in food. We hmm let them eat it it's very minimal effort for a really cool thing like mm-hmm. you get to go to the front of the line if it's your birthday mm-hmm. you don't have to bring anything 
So, you know, like that, it's just a little special honor. Yeah. Uh, and then Sunday nights, uh, we, uh, this is a real throwback. This will tell you how committed we are to Sunday nights. We, up until recently, we had been doing Bible drill, Ooh. Uh, which worked really good for one year yeah. and then exploded. Uh, so now my wife is teaching um, our, our seventh through ninth grade students um, how to study the Bible mm. from uh, David Platt's Secret Church oh, cool. on how to study the Bible and why Bible study is important. So she's adapting that for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have uh, a gentleman and his uh, wife who are teaching our 10th through 12th graders, and they're going through the like the importance of Scripture. Next year, that's going to morph into our 7th through 11th graders being in a general Bible study on Sunday nights before mm-hmm. service. Uh, and our 12th graders specifically going through a year of apologetics. Mm. Before they launch out. Yeah, nice. So um, there's a curriculum called the Truth Project. I don't uh-huh. know if you've ever heard of that. That's kind of I've heard of it. I gonna, haven't never used it. Might yeah. be might make up the basis of that. Uh, but we're gonna like actually just uh, this guy. He's um, he serves here in our area. He's what's called an associational missionary. Okay. So he's he's over. Uh, not over, like we don't report to him or anything, but he's like in charge of ministry planning and coordination for all of the churches in this county and the next county that are Southern Baptist churches Okay, in our association. It's called the Beach River Association. So he's over that. Super smart guy, was a missionary in Africa for years, uh, has come back. He got... Um, a few years ago, the Southern Baptists did a thing where they like, we're going to recall a bunch of missionaries because mm-hmm. they didn't have the money to support them. He got recalled. Okay. So he uh, had taught and done some other things. Super awesome, wonderful guy, super smart. So he has been doing this Truth Project with like three of our seniors this year, three mm. of our older students this year, and it's benefited him so much. I was like, would you do this? on a weekly basis. And he was like, I would love to teach apologetics on a weekly basis. So boom, he's going to be in charge of that. Um, So technically here, we're a church of about 425 ish Uh on any given Sunday. And my pastor and I are the only full-time staff. Wow. So I wear a lot of hats. Yeah. Uh, Some days it's, Hey, can you whip me up to this poster in Canva? Or some days it's, Hey, I need you to go visit this person in the hospital. Or some days it's, I need you to go and deliver these mattresses to this guy who's going to take them to Mexico. (laughs) Um, And we just do it. We make it work. Yep. uh, Until we can hire some more staff. Hmm. Uh, And hopefully in the future that's coming and will be a little bit of relief for me and him. But Mm -hmm. I love doing what I do. I love ministry. Um, I love getting to serve where I do. I was just talking to my wife about this tonight as we're driving home from getting groceries. Um, my, do- my daughter takes dance class about 30 minutes away from where we live in Jackson. Uh, so we take those opportunities to go down and have a coffee date or grocery shop while she's at dance class. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have Aldi, and Aldi <laughs> is wonderful. Um, so we, we were coming back, and I was like, you know, I just my, – my daughter was in the back, and she's like, why did we move here? You know, she's 11 now. We moved here when she was four. So she barely remembers, you know, anything other than, why did we move here? And, you know, I had to explain to her, you know, it's not that there was anything wrong at the other place. Mm -hmm. So we felt God leading us here. We felt like God was going to use this. Mm -hmm. We felt like God was going to move here. And so we answered his call to be obedient 
And it has been better here. And it has. Like, I love this church. Mm-hmm. I love these people. And so in those days, even where I function like a little bit more of like what you might think an associate pastor would, yeah. I'm okay with that because I love these people. Yeah. Now, for how I use video games, we've got two video game stations set up in our student ministry room. We have a Switch. We have an Xbox One. The only reason we have an Xbox One is because uh, we got a tremendously stupid good deal on one <laughs> nice. from somebody who was selling one here uh, via Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> It was like 200 bucks for two controllers, three games, and the Xbox One S. And I'd take it, too. Yeah, yep. yeah it was. Um, bad thing is one of those games is Minecraft locked to the profile of the person on the console. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's our it's our Madden machine now and our nice. NBA 2K machine, and our Switch gets used for Smash Brothers, and that's it pretty mm-hmm. much. Uh, we are going to be getting one of those one-up arcade machines oh, cool. uh, in the near future. Uh, I saw one at Walmart the other day that has uh, Ghosts and Goblins and Final Fight and two other games on it. Yeah. I was like, yes. Yes, that's the one I <laughs> <Yeah>. want. <laughs> so we're getting that. We've used video games for Upfront. Um okay. Stuff like we play, um, we've played Fanny Pack Mario Kart. I don't know if you've ever no. seen that. So, what you do is you get uh, the Switch, right? Uh-huh. And you put the Joy Con in a Fanny Pack. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm and it's it on the now. front, it's on their front, <laughs> and you put them all in a race. Yeah. And all of it, you put on steer assist, uh-huh. put on tilt controls, you put on all the stuff, and automatic goes so they don't touch the Joy-Con at all. So what they're doing is twisting and turning and moving to control the character on the screen, (laughs) and whoever finishes in the highest place wins. That's amazing. Any Mario Kart. If you haven't played it, you need to try Totally stolen from DYM, uh, the Facebook group. You definitely need to try it. It was a riot when we did it. That's great. Uh, We've also done some chat box games, uh, of course, with the family filter. Yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the the other one that they really like is a game on the Switch that just exploded in our group like the, the summer after the Switch came out. And it's called Astro Duel Deluxe. Hmm. And basically what it is, is it's asteroids. Like, think about that yeah. kind of art style. It's asteroids where you pilot a ship uh, against other people and you navigate hazards and try to kill each other. Hmm. And you get these insane power-ups, like lasers and bombs, and there's turrets, all kinds of stuff. It is, and six people can play at once, and it is the most, like, screamingly good time Hmm. for for the Switch. It's like 10 bucks. Yeah. And it's, I think it's one of the most overlooked multiplayer titles on the Switch. So fantastically fun, because you can just play it for hours. Yeah. There's all these modes, like... um, one of the modes is like, you know, you're just fighting his ships. One of them is you if your ship dies, the captain's out and he's flying around. And if you survive long enough, you respawn a ship and now you can get back in the battle. Hmm. So, yeah, nice. it's it's some crazy stuff. Uh, tons of accidental deaths. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, all, all the stuff that makes multiplayer games course, really good. Of course. I might have to look that up. I, I don't know why I've never heard so, of that one. But. Yeah, Astro Duel Deluxe <laughs> uh, is in the eShop. And we love that one. But, you know, like to me, games are, and I've said this on my show, uh, for a lot of kids, it's like a universal language. I may not understand what you preach. I may not even care what you preach. I may not even be here because I want to be. 
but I could sit down next to them with a controller in their hand uh, and play with them, and we can form a bond, yeah. right? And and that allows me to speak into their world mm. in a way that they understand. Yeah, it, it's like Fortnite. You know, Fortnite was huge; it was hot. I think it's kind of cooled off a little bit, but it's still there. Uh, but when it was going like gangbusters, that allowed me to speak to so many kids because I knew how to yep. talk Fortnite, yep. right? Uh, and they're like, how do you know about this? Well, because I play, Yep. right? Uh, and so the just using that as a bridge, it's like anything we use. It's like sports. It's yep. like, it's like uh, music. It's like anything. We use it as a bridge. It's a tool, right, yep. that... I believe it's a tool that God has redeemed yep. and does redeem for us to be able to use to help people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love to be able to sit down on retreat. I don't do it a lot on Wednesday nights because I'm usually running like a chicken with my head cut yeah. off. <laughs> but like on retreats or camps or whatever, we take it along with us and we play. Cool. Right? And so that just gives us some downtime. It gives us something to do. Um, that to build those bonds, right, and to yeah. allow me to talk yeah. back and forth uh, with those kids. Uh, it's not necessarily something that I look to program every week. Okay, but it gives them something to do. I mean, we have ping pong, we have pool, we have other stuff, we have video games too. Yeah, right. And so I think that that's just a, like a. I won't say it's a necessary thing for a lot of youth rooms, but it's one of those things. That I think it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, if you put it in your youth room, right? It's probably going to probably going to help you. Actually, right. yeah, so. yeah, especially if it's done well. I think that that was one of the the things that we have not. Um, we actually just I got a, a switch for us not too long ago. I have my own um, that I've used on multiple occasions, but we just got one for the youth group, and I made sure to I tried to get a, a lock box that I could lock it up. <laughs> um, but then the cool thing is with the that I was like, how do I make sure? And then. I think it might have been on your, your show or something like that. You mentioned just like, and then just remove the controllers the night. I'm like, oh, that's all you got to do. Just turn it off, remove the controllers. They can't play it anymore. Now we can move yeah. on with the rest of the programming or whatever. Right. So. Yeah, we've got a little, I mean, we, we're very high tech here at my church. We put all of our controllers in a Tupperware box nice. uh, that we set back by the dirty sound booth where, you know, there's like cans and uh, right, like I walk in there the other day and there was a pack of Jelly Belly Jelly Beans, an opened, uh, an open package of extra gum and a crushed Melly Yellow can. I was like, this, this is student ministry. This is it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm surprised there just wasn't like a randomly half chewed piece of pizza laying around somewhere. Right. And then somebody runs by and farts. And it's like, yes, yep, this is student ministry. All right. So, yeah, I, ho I hope that answered your question. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I love that, that you mentioned that that bridge thing because I think that's that's huge. And I think that's why even your podcast is so important because even if you're not really into video games uh, like, like we are and don't play them a lot yourself, it's so important to understand them to be able to have that bridge between another kid. Um, I was talking to just some seventh grade boys um, on Wednesday this week, and we were talking about music, but we also kind of tired, started talking about video games. And and their small group group leader and, and I were chat, just chatting about how important it is 
to allow God to redeem some of those games because there are very inappropriate games out there. But oh, yeah. but that doesn't mean that all video games are bad. And it also sometimes means like that you and I and other youth workers like we have to know about what those video games are about, even if we don't play with them all the time. It's important to know what they're about because our kids are going to be talking about them. Yeah, I think that's so important for us, uh, no matter what age we are. To do something to be proactive about being a student of the culture, whether that's like getting on Jonathan McKee's blog and reading like the source for youth ministry, or that's like going over to the the youth culture report Mm -hmm. uh, or things like that, or just just like getting on YouTube and looking at what's trending and looking at what is popular, you know, Uh, or just asking your students. Like, I've learned at 39 years old, like, I turned 40 this year, which is, uh, <laughs> uh, like, I've learned <laughs> that I'm in a position now where now, like, when I was 22, I was, hey, that guy can be my friend, mm-hmm. or that guy's cool. Yeah. Now it's like, that guy's like my dad, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so, <laughs> if I ask things like, you know, what's the woe? <laughs> They're they're not they may laugh at me, but you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna eventually they're gonna show me what it is. Yep. You know, they're gonna they're gonna show me like I've had students like come up and be like, I'll be playing Fortnite and they're like, You're doing that wrong. Let me show you what you should be doing. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, okay, yeah. So like I could do and you know, you could take that one of two ways as a student pastor. Like you can get all you know, blowed up about it and mm-hmm. be like, kids, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> or you could be like, they're letting me into their world. Yeah. You know, and that like I think that that's the important part is how many how many steps can I take down into their world? Yeah. Because, you know, I don't know if you've read the bur- the book Hurt by Chap Clark. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic yep. book. But he talks about, you know, the subculture of student men- of yeah. students and how we can't live in that world, but we can descend the steps mm. and we can kind of like hang out with them on the steps. That's my goal every Wednesday night is how many steps down can I get? Yeah. You know, like we had a kid come uh, this past Wednesday night for the first time. Um, definitely what I call a fringe kid, uh-huh. like Grateful Dead t-shirt, uh, you know, spacers in her ears, yeah. uh, scars on her mm-hmm. arms, which, you know, a whole nother story there. Yeah. Uh, and was brought by a girl who just got saved the week before, mm. uh, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about doubt. We've been, we, we started a series on doubt mm-hmm. and one of our small group leaders has her in her fifth block class. And today she was talking to her and she said, um, you know, I, I didn't get to see you last night. I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't even notice you were there. Cause we like, we changed up our seating last night and everybody was kind of clumped up. And yeah. uh, she's like, Oh yeah. She said, I've never been to a church like that before. Hmm. She said the last church I went to, they taught me that if I had doubts, I would go to hell. Oh, wow. And she said, I, I used to go to church all the time with my dad. And she says, but my dad died. And now my mom, she's religious, but she doesn't like to go to church. Mm. And so I asked her to go and she doesn't take me. And mm. so I don't get to go. And she said, I've been begging my friends at school to take me to their church. Mm. And and she said, I will be back. Wow. And like... But the thing is, is like having that conversation, like I was just trying to like, I walked up and I was like, uh, you know, what do I say to this girl? How do I get on the steps mm-hmm. with her? 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so I th- like, I think video games and culture are a huge way to do that. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important for us. We've got to engage. Yeah. Can't stick your head in the sand. It's not like, here's the thing. The question is not, let me just use one example. That's been coming up tons lately. Okay. Uh. Youth pastors, you don't have to like Billie Eilish. <laughs> you don't have, you can think her music is the yeah. most stupid thing that you've ever heard in your life, but you better know what she's saying. Yep. And you better know why she's popular. Yep. You better know why so many of your kids gravitate toward her. To and I, I'm gonna say this, and it might make some of your listeners mad. I don't care. I'm only on here once. I'm like at this point, I'm like a revival speaker. I can come carpet bomb that's everything right. and just fly away. I think that's the difference between a lazy youth pastor and a good youth pastor. Mm. Yeah. Is lazy youth pastor says, I don't like that, so I don't have to learn about it, or I don't understand that. I'm not going to learn about it. Good youth pastor says, it might take some work. I'm going to dig up the resources. I'm going to find out what it's about. Yeah. Are you going to do it every time? Are you going to get it right every time? No. But if you're being, if you're doing your best to be a good youth pastor, you're trying to engage the culture that your students are part of. Amen. Yeah. That's why, that's the whole reason I do the video game show. Yeah. 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 Cause that's, I mean, it, it, cause that's the difference, like not only between the lazy youth pastor and, and someone that actually wants to put some effort into it, but, but someone that I think for, for you and I, and, I, and a lot of people that I've had on the podcast is people that, that have really felt that calling by God to actually make an impact on the next generation, that it's not just a, a stepping stone sort of job, or it's not just something that I'm doing right now, I'm moving on. Like, if you really feel that God has called you to make an impact on the next generation, then take every effort you can to know about that generation that you're going to try to introduce to Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, like, the main goal, and I say this every time, right, is that like we are your bridge between the world of video games and students so you can have relevant conversations why so this podcast can be a tool mm-hmm. to help you get build a relationship that hopefully will one day help you win a child to Christ yep yep bottom line yeah that's it why yep. do it <laughs> yeah yeah and and it's kind of fun too but <laughs> absolutely that's what I mean I mean I love who does not like talking about what they enjoy and what yeah, they're passionate about totally. okay there you go <laughs> yeah. I'm passionate about student ministry and video games it's a perfect fit there you go yeah I uh, yeah that was not too long not too long ago where um, I just kind of sat back and at my life and I, I looked back and I was like you know never once when I was younger would I have ever thought that this this little thing that I like to do, like in my own bedroom when I got home, like I'd love to, you know, fire up Mario Brothers. Would that ever turn into a tool that God would use for youth ministry? <laughs> but He does yeah. all the time. It was like a kid the, the other day, just what you were saying. It's like, like all of a sudden, I found out one of the middle school boys absolutely loves Nintendo stuff as well, and I was like, dude, what, uh, what? What uh you know game are you into lately? And he was able to just share it, and then all of a sudden that that conversation went. And uh, and he's got an awkward kid, but it's cool to just ha- start that conversation right there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um, so I know uh, we're running out of time, but um, I'd love to just give you a chance to maybe share any last minute wisdom uh, with with our podcast listeners, and then uh, yeah, just get a chance to. I'm sure people want to connect with you. So um, yeah, any any tips and everything, and then also uh, a chance to just plug everything else that uh, that you're doing right now? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I would say that the biggest tip that I can give anybody 
uh, as far as student ministry is uh, two things. Number one, surround yourself with a fantastic team of volunteers uh, that could do your job more than one week Mm. if you were not able to be there. Mm. In other words, work yourself out of a job. Yeah. Not don't only not only do you surround yourself with volunteers who can do that, um, surround yourself with students mm-hmm. that you are pouring into, that you lead, that that are you are identifying leadership qualities like I talked about yeah. in my story. Find that Marty mm-hmm. and speak life into them and call them out. Mm, that's good. Call them out. Uh, the second thing that I would uh, tell you to do is. Um, that you not only do you need to be surrounding yourself with a group of people who will be there for you, you need to be pouring yourself out to other people. You need to be finding a way for you to resource someone else um, because your way of doing student ministry, your way of leading in the church can inspire someone else. Mm that may need that hmm. you know um last year we did um the download youth ministry national day of volunteer youth worker training yep we were a host site for that we were the only site in the in west tennessee that did that uh we had uh, 11 churches counting hours mm-hmm. come to that and be a part of that and uh like i pretty much feel like people were so sick of me talking about it by the end because I was like calling every church I could. I was talking to churches in our association around telling them, you need to be here. Um, here's a crazy thing about this. Our, you know, I mentioned the Beach River Association earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, recently they had the super early bird rate, you know, yep. where you can get them yep. for $79. Yep. Our association offers a $75 rebate amazing. to every church who signs up. So that training for them was $4 <laughs> if they signed up by this Tuesday. We got 16 churches. You're so close. To counting winning. ours. Uh, 16 <laughs> churches. And here's the deal. Like, I was close to winning, and yeah. I did win. Oh, I would really have liked to have gone to, to San Diego sure. or wherever, you know, California yeah. and be out there. But here's what I'm more excited about than that is that we are resourcing churches in our association. Um, There is a church, their pastor looked at me the other day. We were on a pastor staff and wives retreat this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And I got to talk about it. That's, that's why we got up there is Mm -hmm. like, uh, cause I was promoing it pretty heavy during that. And he, he, he pastors a church of 20 people. He got his call to ministry when he was uh, 63 years old. Wow. Yeah, huh. uh, and and this is what he told me. He looked at me and he's or fifty three years old. I'm sorry. Okay. He he looked at me and he said, "We don't have any youth, but I'm willing to come learn, mm. so that we can." That's so great. And I was like, "Dude, why can't everybody <laughs> right. be like you?" Yeah. Because here's what he understands. He understands that his job is to pour out to somebody else. Yeah. And as ministers, that's what our job is. We're supposed to be filling up with the presence of God so we can pour out to other Mm -hmm. people. And so you need to find that person to pour out to. Um, You know, my last church that I served where I was for 10 years, we had two to three 
really committed volunteers over mm-hmm. that 10-year period. Like, I wish now I have a ton. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad for that. But nobody ever really wanted to just like sell out and super do youth ministry, yeah. right? Like, except one or two people. Um, and that was hard. Yeah. I needed that those people to pour out to me. Mm-hmm. But also during that time, it it, 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 it it birthed a passion in me to resource people to be able to lead the church. Yeah. I love that. I love discipleship. That's a huge passion of mine. And so, like, you know, if you're out there and you're struggling with that and you're like, you're hearing this, and you're like, yeah, that's real great for you to say, you, you know, go get some volunteers. Yeah, right. Um, start with one. Yeah. Start with one person and just, like, beg them mm-hmm. to come. Bribe them. Mm-hmm. You know what I do with I, I have a fridge in my student room, and it says on the front of the fridge, adults only. <laughs> and I buy stuff for them that they like. Like, yep. I've got Gatorades and Coke Zeros and Mountain Dew, Diet Mountain Dew, and bottles of water and stuff. And I'm like, this is yours. Thank you for serving our students. Yep. Why is that? Because, and, and I go overboard on this stuff. Like, we do appreciation dinners, and I take them to, I buy them candy, and I do all this stuff. Why? Because for years, I did not have. Mm. And so, there's never too much appreciation. I'll say yeah. that. that's tip number three. <laughs> I know I was only supposed to do two, but <laughs> like, if I, if I could go back and tell my younger self, I would yeah. say, start with that one, build them, and then they will go tell other people. Mm. You know they, but it's they've got to have that bug. They've got to have that youth ministry bug. Like they got it's it's okay if it's irreverent sometimes. It's <laughs> yeah. okay if it's messy sometimes. It's okay if all this doesn't work sometimes. But we're just going to love students. Yep, that's yep. what you need. Find yep. those people, bring them close to students because they don't just need to hear you. They need to hear those other people too. That's so good, so good. So Marty, where can people find you and, and ask you all the questions and listen to you and all that stuff? Yeah, so uh, you. Guys guys can find the podcast, the Youth Ministry Guide to Video Games, or sorry, Youth Workers Guide to Video Games over at podcast.downloadyouthministry.com. You can listen to it in your browser, or it's everywhere. Like, I think we're on Spotify. I know we're on Google Play and Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can download it there. Just If you just search Youth Youth Guide to Video Games, or just search down uh, DYM Podcast Network, and we'll pop up. Yep. Um, and hopefully, we'll have a new episode out really soon. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. We have a Youth Workers Guide to Video Games Facebook page. Uh, we also have an Instagram and a Twitter uh, and the Instagram is youth uh, YW Guide to Video Games. The Twitter is YWGVG. So it's just the abbreviation mm-hmm. YWGVG. Yep. Uh, and then you can interact with me uh, at Marty Estes. Cool. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram, Facebook. I'd love to be friends with you. We'll talk ministry. We'll talk video games. Uh, we'll hang out. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Cool. Bring it on. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, and we'll have all those links in the uh, the show notes for sure uh, as well. So uh, yeah, be sure to check them out down below. Marty, it's been great awesome. to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much for being here, and uh, yeah, may God bless Steve, your ministry, man. I lo- have loved my time. I feel like I have been super long winded, and, <laughs> and so I apologize for that. But like, it, this has been an honor. I love talking. <laughs> and I love video games so I love being on podcast uh, you're doing a great thing I appreciate you so much thank you
And before we wrap up, I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. And uh, yeah, if you have not followed the Youth Workers Guide to Video Games, be sure to do that. Uh, I know for one, video games have been a huge part of my life. I um, I actually do uh, write some video game stuff on the side and uh, also have a video game podcast that yeah, a lot of times I don't, I don't really ever talk about. I don't think I've ever actually talked about it on this podcast at all. I've about that, but I do that um, in large part because I enjoy video games, but it's also a way for me to connect, as we talked about today, uh, with students. And so if you have any questions about that, be sure to contact Marty. You can also contact me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Steve Cullum. That's S-T-E-V-E-C-U-L-L-U-M. And you can also find the Student Ministry Podcast pretty much on uh, most of the major social medias out there. And uh, yeah, if you haven't subscribed, yet, be sure to do that. If you haven't shared this with a friend, be sure to do that as well. And before we wrap up, I do want to thank G-Shades Student Curriculum for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. If you haven't checked out their website yet, be sure to do that at gshades.org. And when you place your order, be sure to use the promo code STUMINPOD, that's S-T-U-M-I-N-P-O-D, to receive 5% off your order. But also remember, you can go there and download a free week of curriculum right now without any promo code or anything like that. Thanks so much, G Shades, for sponsoring this episode of the Student Ministry Podcast. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode, but we'll be back again with another amazing interview with another amazing youth worker. Uh, Until that time, thank you so much for tuning in and may God bless your ministry.